the Spanish announce table. It is episode 407 of the Spanish announce table. AEW Dynamite just ended with the daddy ass birthday bash. Much more uh, involved with that Dynamite. So, uh, Tom, how the hell are things uh, as we get ready to talk about some great pro wrestling? Miserable. I don't want to talk about it. Let's get into AEW Dynamite. All right. <laughs> So we kicked off in Baltimore, Maryland, and that will become apparent uh, during the John Moxley match, which we'll get to in just a moment. But it kicked off with Jay Lethal taking on Darby Allen. And Tim, this is where we already started with the Weirds Mobile and getting off to such a weird start of an episode. But uh, Darby Allen, Jay Lethal, they start wrestling. They don't even get into the ring. Darby Allen attacks him outside of the ring. They're going every which way. One spot that I thought was cool was Jay Lethal putting Darby Allen in the figure four underneath the guardrail so he couldn't get reversed in pro wrestling kayfabe, right? And then obviously he couldn't reach Jay Lethal because the barricade was the divider. I thought that was pretty cool, actually. Like if there's ever a uh, balls count anywhere match, I think that should be a finisher for someone. Um, but let's get back on track here. Uh, we're going back and forth, back and forth. One of the coolest spots towards the finish was Darby Allen does his suicide dive into Satnam Singh and just hits. Uh, it's a bug hitting a car windshield and just bounces off of them. And then we get the, those guys kicked out a man dressed in a sting costume. Hurts Darby Allen. Jay lethal get, gets his overly done silly finisher that finisher stinks by the way it's this <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not i like jade lethal Jay lethal is a good wrestler he can be very uh, good for your company in the mid card level like a solid mid card champion or story right but that finisher is trash anyhow he hits it darby loses loses then we get uh the the guy dressed up as sting unmasked himself and like a turd in a punch bowl, no one fucking cared. It was the seventh most interesting person on AEW Dark. Yeah, this was a fail. And I, the moment I saw the the first thing of Sting coming out, I, I thought of this idea. So it bugs me that like they didn't run with an idea like this. Why aren't we running back NWO Sting point like version two? Right, like get somebody that actually might pass for Sting's body size, oh, get okay. the paint, have mm -hmm. him do the thing, and then be like, "Oh my God, Sting attacked Darby Allen! Holy shit!" And then you know what I mean? Like another week goes by, and we see Sting get out of the you know run the thing back. Like fucking, why not? Why not? Uh, to a certain extent, yes. One thing that's hard is now in HD. And so many different angles, it's going to be harder to sure, get away with like just, week fucking, after week. You know what I mean? Like it's pro wrestling. I understand what like, you mean. Yes, it is pro like, wrestling. It would have been way better than whatever the fuck this was. I don't even know the person's name that you're talking about. Cole I Carter. So don't. I kind of didn't want to know it. So like I just. Well, yeah, you remember him because during the AEW pre-party, we saw Cutie Marshall and Cole Carter get dunked in the dunk tank when people were throwing uh, softballs. Uh, at the machine with the lever that makes the person go down in the pool. So uh, we have seen this person before. Judy Marshall, our biggest friend and fan of the show, was the best part of that entire 
pre-show for for AEW All Out. A million percent. Wait, maybe Danhausen. Danhausen was great. So I mean, everyone was good. Max Caster's rap was fun. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of good things about it. Um, but Cole Carter makes no sense. Who cares? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it just a theme that may arouse from this evening, <laughs> arise from this evening, is I'm t- I'm tired of this ROH stuff. Well, he's not ROH. He's Jay from- Lethal is. The- well, yeah, but Jay Lethal's not. This is AEW. This is AEW. Um, what I'm tired of is not everything has to be a reveal. Someone can just say, I'm coming out as me. I'm costing Darby Allen the match. And then, okay, let's see what happens, right? Like, it's fine. But when you do, because this is twice now with the Jay Lethal crew where they have re- done a reveal and it's not that great. Yeah, we did it with so, Satnam Singh, and we did it with Cole Carter. Now, after this, we get straight TNA 2006 in this bitch, and it was cool in GCW. I will give him that. Jeff Jarrett and GCW interacting with Effie is Weirdsmobile fun that I'm all about because of the contrast of who those people are, what they represent, and them colliding in a wrestling ring 100%. and in the storyline. Great idea. Yep. This felt like, well, that was cool. So let's kind of try it here with a lesser version of what, you know, the contrast is and Darby Allen, no offense to Darby Allen. I love Darby Allen, but the contrast and everything. And then it's correct me if I'm wrong here, Tim, and I'll let you go on here, but I just want to clarify something. So are we getting in 2022, Tim, are we getting a feud with Jeff Jarrett and Sting? Because Jeff Jarrett was saying, Darby Allen, your Achilles heel is it's you're blinded by Sting. And then he put a Sting mask on him. So, guys, in 2000, it wasn't good. 22 years later, it's not going to be any better. I didn't even. Oh, Tom, you just That's made it I worse. Tom, you just of. made it worse. I didn't even think about it because, like, I. Okay, so my initial gut reaction was. You know, earlier I'm like, oh man, should have done. Let's run NWO Sting 2.0 back, but they didn't do that. And then we get Jeff Jarrett. We have a 10 year history trying to make sure all of our listeners and viewers, we love you, to understand. Tom so eloquently put it all those years ago. Jeff Jarrett fucking sucks. Yes, he is bad at most things in wrestling so it just here we are and i'm we we've discussed that aw is bloated right we got rid of some of the bloat maybe One. and and we thought oh, all right we're gonna get back into things and and now we bring out we add somebody new not only that we had two people one of which both of which we don't care about but like one of which we we, we barely heard of mm-hmm. at best or maybe haven't heard of depending on who you are. But the other one, something just, it it's why, why this, why, why, what is the decision-making of like, this is going to, this is going to get us more ratings. Do we think it's going to get us more ratings? Do we think it's going to get us more tweets? What is it? By the way, table show on Twitter, uh, hashtag tweet the table. Maybe Twitter's dying. Uh, wouldn't hate it. We may have to move Wouldn't this, you it. know, this 
this thing, this hashtag tweet table somewhere else, but you know what I mean? Wouldn't hate it either. So, but yeah. the Jeff Jarrett thing, I just, and you're right. Okay. So if we're going to say, yeah, it's AW because yeah, Jay Lethal is all elite, even though all of his crew, I, like, I don't know. It just, I, I don't, now we've added another person to their faction. That, Two. Yeah. Well, is, I mean, or is just Jeff Jarrett helped them here and he's going to do his own thing. Maybe and you're right. It, why my thought was, why do the sting thing? Then, right. If it's Jeff Jarrett, why don't you just reveal Jeff Jarrett? Why have this other guy that I, that I don't know, just show up and act like sting, but you're right. It's because it's provoking Sting. Maybe we're going to get Darby Allen and Sting versus fucking this guy and Jeff, and Jeff Jarrett, Jarrett, which is even worse than Jeff Jarrett Sting. At least Jeff well, Jarrett it, Sting, you could say Jeff Jarrett versus Sting and put that on a on a website or something, you know, on a pre show. But geez, man. Yeah, I don't like anything that we did here. Uh, longtime listeners will know. I have always thought Jeff Jarrett seems like a fine person. I've heard him a couple times on his podcast. I have seen his interactions in like uh, meet and greets, things like that. Seems like a fine person. He is dog shit when it comes to being a performer, when it comes to him doing the thing. I get it. He started TNA. TNA had Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and all that stuff. That wasn't him. He just plucked those guys from Ring of Honor, which credit to him, but like, that wasn't him. When he was the champion, that fucking promotion sucked. And when he tried to tr- start GCW, which again, fucking sucked, this is what he does. So, like, you just got rid of CM Punk, apparently. And I'm not saying he's a cancer like that, but, like, he's going to take up a lot of the oxygen in the room. And to your point, for what? Are we going to get the the um, Jerry Jarrett fans that are dormant and want Jim Cornette to be reincarnated in AEW in the form of Jeff Jarrett. Just nothing makes, not that it doesn't make sense. I get it. Right. If if they have a longstanding feud, Jeff Jarrett and staying, okay, the story's there. It's not interesting. And on top of that, Darby Allen, since his feud with MJF, where he lost uh, due to the uh, side uh, tackle and a one, two, three, he got hit with the diamond ring, but you know how MJF beat him with the one, two, three great match. One of the best matches uh, in AEW. but since then he has just been spinning his wheels and with his style, he's not getting any younger. He's not going to go any less hard. Why would you put him in this? I get trying to elevate others, but already the focus is away from Cole Carter. The focus is more on Jeff Jarrett. And I don't think Darby Allen needs to be elevated because he's already surpassed him from Jeff Jarrett. Well, that's that's kind of it. Darby Allen isn't a singles competitor in AEW to me. He's a sideshow act that either is in tag team matches or is wrestling, you know, a Jeff Jarrett type. Like, it, it's not, he's not really there. To me, he's one of these, like, special guests. Darby Allen in that regard. It just is weird. I don't like it. I am not going to be enthralled by this Jeff Jarrett story, right? And why yeah. he's mad at Darby Allen. Well, and especially and Darby Allen is a young kid, right? He's cool. Like, can we? I mean, I don't know how old he is, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. isn't like, mm-hmm. what do we have to do this? It's one thing if Darby Allen was playing a legend killer type gimmick 
where he was like, yeah, fuck the old guys or fuck status quo wrestling. But he's not. He's he's been respectful of all of that. He's all like, right. I just it, it, none of it makes any sense. And man, this feels like. Tony Khan was geeked out to fucking talk to Jeff Jarrett and was like, yeah, let's bring you in, pal. Let's fucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This kind of shit is what hinders AEW, if you're asking. You ain't this lying. So let's shit, move man. on. John Moxley, before his match, cuts a promo. And he says, hey, Lee, uh, we liked you. I just didn't think you were violent enough. So yeah. tonight, when you face me, if you were picked on in high school, or you want revenge, whatever it is, but you better bring it out because I'm going to put you in a corner and make you either fight or flight. And then we get to the match. So it was a AEW world title eliminator, which again is stupid, but we don't need to waste our time on that. Uh, but it is champion John Moxley taking on challenger, I guess in this case, Lee Moriarty. Moriarty? I don't know how to say his last name. I don't back check. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, Lee. Cisco. Uh, and so this was good. However, it got the wheels fell off and not to any one of their faults. But midway through the match, we got a good back and forth. Moxley starts to take control and everyone stands up and everyone looks away from the ring because the NFL MVP from, I believe, three years ago, Lamar Jackson, hometown boy, starter for their hometown Baltimore Ravens, makes his way to the uh, front row and everyone starts chanting MVP and we're all looking at that. And hey, look, if it's Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes comes, we're doing the same fucking thing. And if you go to Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes is actually awesome. Well, you can't. Okay, easy. But he's still an MVP. Like Lamar Jackson is very, very good. Yeah. I mean, he's no yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Well, no one is. Right, That's I like know. saying, yeah. yeah. But you can still be proud of the guy. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah. But you know. But here, but here was my thing. <laughs> it was, this This wasn't a throwaway match, right? This isn't Ethan Page versus Sir Pentico. This was your world champion. Yeah, correct. John, you John Moxley. Moxley. I mean, I, the Lee Moriarty part. Well, I mean, he's fine. He's good. And he did good he's in this fine. match. Yeah, no, of course. I thought yeah, he, he didn't good. do anything bad. Yeah. But but if you're AEW, talk to Lamar. Hey, can you wait two minutes? Hey, let's get you there before. Like if it was planned beforehand that he was going to come in. But you did it at like such a, again, as I've, as I've mentioned with AEW, it is my favorite promotion. I genuinely like it. The first three years are the best three years in pro wrestling to me, other than ECW, which, you know, but no one needs to be hired in front of the camera anymore. We need everything behind the camera. One part here, a stage manager. Hey, Lamar, can you hold back two minutes? Hold back. Match is over. Commercial, go. Like, just fucking think, guys. It's not goddamn hard to fucking run a show. If you need help, call me, motherfuckers. Yeah. I've been doing this shit for 10 fucking years. Like, at TMAC underscore 816 on Twitter. Get yeah, at it. Like, fucking Christ. Do you know how many times I've had special guests at my events where I fucking knew, hey, during the fight, we're not going to fucking distract the crowd from a good round two. So I'm going to hold them off until the end of the fight. Like, fucking think, you dumb shit. You guys are so fucking. Attention to detail. 
Yeah. It's like they're right. It's like they're writing great paragraphs and none of the I's are dotted, none of the T's are crossed. Same thing Fucking that goes into and WWE now suffers from this same problem that that AW doesn't do and kind of what you said here. The same reason there's not a stage manager going like, Hey, all eyes on the product right now. Hey, can you hold back? Because all eyes on the product right now. There's also not the attention to detail of, hey, what are our storylines, right? What's number one? What's number two? What's everything we're trying to tell? Because you're not just telling the Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee story and the John Moxley story and the Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Combat Club story. You're telling the story of a professional fighting organization that is being mm-hmm. presented live to folks. and whatever you know the rules are made up loose so everything's kind of quasi legal and we get to see it unfold live so if you think of it from that perspective you start understanding like there's got to be a main story right there's got to be you know these ins and outs and the cliffhangers and the and the kind of the the world's collide aspect that we've talked about and there just isn't that attention in that regard there's an attention to detail making sure we don't see the mattress there to catch somebody falling from a ring, you know, a cage. We don't, you know, we don't get somebody to stop the big oh. celebrity in the building from walking yeah. out mid-match. Just all oh, sorts of these little pitfalls. Yeah. Oh, there's more of it to come, especially during the women's match, which was just horrendous. It was, well, we'll get to it. But in this match, John Moxley wins. The thing that I did like about John Moxley is this was another good match because he beat Ethan Page, who was on commentary, and Ethan Page said, like, I lost similar way that Lee did, is that, you know, John Moxley is known as the blood and guts and uh, street fight and everything. But in these matches, like the one tonight, he can show you, like, I'll beat you with an arm bar. Like, you think all I can do is barbed wire or, you know, uh, well, not a Canadian destroy, but like a pile driver to the outside. Well, no, I'm going to show you a technical wrestling match and I'm going to show you a technical move that submits the guy. So I like that part of John Moxley where he's showing you as the world champion, he's more than just what you think he is glorified GCW guy or yeah. whatever. Another interesting aspect here. And we talked about this with the Jericho appreciation society of make me miss you. You mm-hmm. don't got to be there every week. Mm-hmm. You know, we did not see. We didn't see the devil. We didn't see MJF out here to, to watch over Moxley. We didn't see him, you know what I mean? We mm-hmm. didn't see him lurking. We didn't see him getting interfered. Now, there was a cliffhanger of him being beaten up, so that explains his absence. But here we go. He's absent, right? I don't have to mm-hmm. see him this week. I know what the story is. I'm going to get to that. Definitely. So here's the thing that I wanted to talk to you about, though, is post-match, uh, Ethan Page walks in or runs in attacks john moxley john moxley and lee are beating him down uh hey you know there we go we're we're standing tall and i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit to make my point here so after the chris jericho match jericho grabs the the announcer ian whatever his name is good yeah, announcer i, I like him but was good, yeah. he grabs him yeah what yeah he's good he's like a better tom yeah, phillips he, yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. Bill's a great role. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but your guy, John Moxley, gets beat up here, and the Blackpool Combat Club just goes, ah, well, I mean, poor John. Fucking guy that you don't know gets his glasses broke 
and Cesaro and Brian Danielson and the whole uh, crew. Yuta are fucking running out separately. Ass. They weren't hanging out with each other. They all come yeah. out separately. One guy was in catering. One guy was taking a shit. One guy was out working on his fucking car, fucking fixing a flat well, tire. What it made me think is, and if again, I'm just taking this from if you told me what happened tonight, what my immediate thought would be is, seems like maybe the Blackpool Combat Club's afraid of the firm and not afraid of Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. Why wouldn't you beat up the firm? They yeah. beat up your guy, but you're going to go after Jericho Appreciation Society because you know them kind of thing. Like, yeah, they didn't help Moxley, but they helped whatever the fuck Dork glass guy is. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Ian farts in his mouth or whatever the fuck his name is. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, put that down. Ian yeah. farts in his mouth. <laughs> Might be the show title. <laughs> yeah, there it is. So afterwards, uh, Soraya does her sit down interview, and it's supposed to be with Britt Baker led by Renee Paquette, but Renee Paquette brings to our attention. Britt Baker said, I ain't showing up to this shit. So we get more of a sit down one-on-one interview between Renee Paquette and Soraya. And I thought it was pretty good. I thought she explained some things, why she came to AEW, why now? I thought this was done pretty well. Now, I think it was fun, but kind of a dorky way of saying like, Hey, are you going to come back and wrestle? And she goes, well, there's one more doctor I need to talk to. I mean, it's Britt Baker. Of course. You know, it's fine, but like. Needs to get her dental clearing before she can. Maybe, but like, I don't know if she was trying to be coy and like, who's the doctor? I think so. But that's not it. Like that's. Uh, Anyhow, it was good. Yeah, Yeah, it was fine. And I like if she would have presented it in a different way, I think I would have liked it better if she would have been like, but there's one like a threat, like there's one more doctor. I guess you like, oh, shit, we know she's talking about Brit. But the way she said it was like, yeah, just say before I announce I'm able to return to the ring, I have to meet with one more doctor. And then she comes out next week or whenever says, I said I have to consult with one more doctor and I'm going to do that right here live in Poughkeepsie. For all of you, wherever the fuck they are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And she says, let's bring out the doctor. Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D, and then we get that showdown, which will be fine. I mean, that'll be fine. Well, and that's what I think was is going to happen. I just think she could have said it better because she said it Correct. like she really wants this person's input when it really she doesn't. She just wants to beat her up. Yeah. Anyhow, that's just what Yeah, because it honestly felt odd because it was kind of like... It, she was like, well, I, I'm going to get to that part, but I want to save it because I just have one more doctor to talk about. And then they were like, cut. And it was like, wait a minute. I need, I need a follow-up question to like, mm-hmm. so you're not cleared. Which kind of doctor are you speaking to? Right? Like, right. Yeah. again, Renee, man, just can't get these internet or these um these interviews off the ground. Man, something's always going wrong with them. Poor Renee. Always. But she's doing great. She oh, did this course. really well. It's not her fault. She, she's like, awesome. I'm, there's no stage manager. That's what I'll cool. tell you that much for sure. Uh, then we move on and we get Billy Gunn's birthday bash. And how much fun was this? I will say, and maybe I'm just in a critical mood and I apologize if that's the case. I'm in a lot of pain. We'll talk about that later. But uh, I thought this was honestly the weakest rap yep. from Max Caster. It was kind of yeah. like when MJF did the cosplay of a baby face yeah 
it was still Max Caster doing Max Caster stuff, but it was all you know, birthday this, daddy. You yeah, know, all and, this felt very pedestrian and, and very much like go out there and play the hits. Yes. And just get to the next town. And I just, even this, like they, they, they had to get somebody's sign from the crowd as a gift for them. Uh, <laughs> well, even the crowd was like, what are you talking about? I didn't bring anything. We weren't told to bring anything. Bring a gift, right. Yeah. So it was just odd. And then, yeah, they, I mean, the, you know, they, they, they got adoption papers. That's kind well, of, that's fun, the right? payoff. That's yeah. the fun part. If we would have stayed focused and yeah. just said, Hey, we're the acclaimed. It's Billy Gunn's birthday bash. We have one huge surprise that we have for Billy Gunn. It's the adoption papers. It's cleaner. It's more focused. And I know, I know this was, they, they, they got his hands that way wrapped up because uh, Swerve Strickland kidnapped him, which by the way, Rampage, Swerve Strickland kidnapped a human, mm-hmm. tortured him, mm-hmm. and then just a la Dexter Loomis. It just like Billy has to showing up with his hands taped and he's like, yeah, fuck it. We'll talk about that later. Happy time. Anyway. So he's got his hands wrapped up because of that, but you know, never no mind. Nothing bothers daddy ass. Right. Yeah. But the thing they missed here is the casts or the rap should have been done in a scissoring. I know we set well, this up so they could have the foam fingers. Yeah. The foam fingers was the payoff. And so by the foam uh, fingers, yes. I get that part. Right. Of so course. that was good. And the foam fingers I'm going to have. Oh, of course. As soon as they're on sale, yeah. you're going to see them on this well, podcast. that's great. Nobody's going to suspect anything because they're just a peace sign. Hey, what's up, man? Just a peace sign. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. And then you uh, meet another and, guy with one and you fucking scissor him. And your questions about, hey, you captured someone and all of that, we'll get to, because again, we're doing mm-hmm. chronological order, but Keith Lee brought up a lot of interesting points when it was Swerve Strickland and Rick Ross, which how Rick fucking Ross, you had Lamar Jackson and Rick Ross. If this wrestling is not made for the real fucking people, I don't know what what this is because this is not bubblegum celebrities. This is like Rick Ross is the real real. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he like first yeah. of all, uh, have you seen his video with um, DJ Khaled about almond milk and his uh, conspiracy theory? Oh yes, it's the yes, best. I thing. have seen it's, that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I thought Keith Lee should have came with almond milk, but anyhow, that was just me. Uh, but with this. We get to the adoption papers. I thought that was a good payoff. That was fun. Billy Gunn seemed genuinely touched. He's like, I'm going to be your daddy? And as expected. <laughs> and as expected, because this did make sense. Mm-hmm. Then the ass boys come out and are like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. We are but, your kids. <laughs> but for them to stay true to who they are, they said, oh, man. Well, we did know about this birthday bash. So we did, we did get you something. And then W Morrissey with the big foot foot to yep. daddy ass. Uh-huh. And then they run in to beat up uh, the acclaimed for then FTR to come out. Because again, ass boys cost FTR the match against Swerve in our glory. And that the, the ending made sense. It was too much. Hey, we're going to grab from a fan. Hey, uh, the, Billy Gunn couldn't go to the celebration. You know what we're talking about? And he yeah. does a suck it. Which, which was again, fun too. That was a great line. But again, yeah. the t- the fucking uh, camera missed. missed. It. Mm-hmm. Fucking t- God, Jesus, Mary. Um, just It's not hard. It's not fucking hard. Yeah. But they make it hard. I won't get upset. Because um, I like AEW. But here's the fun part. FTR gets the belts. 
and they slowly hand it to the acclaimed. What do we think about this? Is FTR going to bypass Swerve in our glory and get those first shots at uh, the acclaimed? Maybe. Well, I think what we'll get is we're going to get, we're going to do the run it back, Swerve in our glory acclaimed. We'll allude to Swerve in our glory's issues later. Spoiler alert. That may come to a head, costing them that match. Acclaimed are still your tag team champions. While over here, we've got the FTR taking out the ass boys. Or maybe the ass boys find a way to scheme out those ROH titles or whatever, like you said. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then FTR claimed after that. So it was announced for next week that it's going to be the Acclaimed and FTR versus Swerve in Our Glory and the ass boys. I think... This is where we get again. I keep saying it every week. It's it's my John Cena turns heel, but I think this is when Swerve Strickland turns on Keith Lee. I don't even think we're gonna get part three of Swerve in Our Glory and uh, the acclaimed. I think that's what happens. Maybe John Cena shows up. Yeah. Hey, the real ones are showing up in AEW. Trina, Rick Ross, Kevin Gates, uh, West Side Gun. I mean, John Cena's right in there with them all, you know, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so after the FTR group uh, gang, whatever you want to call them, tag team, hands the titles back to the acclaimed, we go backstage with Tony Schiavone, and he is with his best friend, Britt Baker. And she just says, cut the bullshit. Jamie and I want to wrestle. That's what we want to do. So on Wednesday, or excuse me, on Friday, Find us something. We got an open challenge. Us two versus any two women. Bring it. And then they do the DMD, which again, Tony Schiavone does with her. Jamie Hayter does not. She just, you know, Still to is true day. to who yeah. she is. Later on in the night, though, it's announced that at full gear, it's going to be Tony Storm taking on Jamie Hayter. It was also shown in a video package that Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm actually were BFFs. And that during the pandemic, which side note, it's still a pandemic, uh, they lived together and uh, now they're not friends. So I guess my question to you is early prediction, early uh, uh, guess, I guess you could mm -hmm. say. Uh, what do you think happens here with Jamie and so, yeah, Tony maybe Storm? we're setting up the tag team match so that we can get a little bit of tension again, right? Get them mm -hmm. in a spot where they're like, hey, hey, what's going on? And then we build to this like, hey, we were friends again. And But then Britt Baker's there trying to mess things up, maybe cost Jamie Hayter the match. Jamie Hayter proceeds to beat that ass like she owes her money. And then now we've got. You, you know what I think? This would be fun. This is how I'm writing it. If I had a pencil, I would show it to you, but I don't. Mm -hmm. But this is how I would do it. Yeah. There it is. I would do the tag match next week is, or Friday, is Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, open challenge. It's answered by Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, or whoever, right? Other person. Through shenanigans, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter win. They pin Tony Storm. Jamie Hayter pins Tony Storm because of shenanigans, whatever that is. Tony Storm looks at her like, you. I think you could have beat me, but like you chose to do it the wrong way, right? And then Britt Baker is like, yeah, we won. And Jamie Hayter looks at Britt Baker and says, hey, I'm going to fight her legit. Like, 
I'm going to prove to her that I can beat her. Then at full gear, I have Britt Baker cost Jamie Hayter the match. Now we on get purpose. that on purpose. Like, no, yeah, you, I'm the only champion. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, the only champion in this group. Cost her the match. So then we get those two to go off with each other. I believe Thunder Rosa is going to be coming back sooner rather than later. I would not be shocked at the end of full gear if it's Tony Storm holds her title up, Thunder Rosa holds her title up, then we're going to get yeah. that match. Thunder Rosa beats Tony Storm. Jamie Hayter comes out on the victorious side against Britt Baker. Jamie Hayter, Thunder Rosa. Jamie Hayter beats Thunder Rosa, oh, wow. becomes champ. And guess who is the first one to congratulate her? Tony Storm. Like That's it. what you do. MMB. Like it. Like it. Yeah, well, none of it's going to happen. Tony Khan is going to fucking forget three things and then come up with two of them last minute. Bring somebody over from New Japan that we had never heard of and they'll win the title. Yeah, the young young boy uh, who holds the ropes for Shibata, he's coming in. Fucking who cares? Uh, Speaking of fun, though, we got our, our third match of the night. The Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion Chris Jericho taking on um, any opponent, open challenge, yeah. who is a former champion in Ring of Honor, doesn't matter, women, pure, tag, heavyweight, whatever it wants. And son of a bitch, the most shocking moment of the night. I yeah. Think. Uh-huh. Holt Cabana walks Holt Cabana. out. Boom, boom, and baby. And he's emotional. You can see that it looked like he just cried before he walked out. They're chanting boom boom. They're chanting Colt Cabana. Sounds like a settlement has been finalized. That's <laughs> what it feels well, like. Well, and also, it kind of proved it kind of proved CM Punk uh right or wrong, excuse me, where he said, I have nothing to do with Colt Cabana not showing up. The entire time you're in AEW, 13 months, to my knowledge, we didn't see Colt Cabana one fucking time. The first time your re- resolution with AEW is finalized, whatever that may be, Colt Cabana shows back up. Just shows up. Yeah. Now, this puts a big wrench in what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> coming back. Yeah, it might not be happening. Yeah. God uh, damn it. <laughs> now, that's again to say, I mean, money is money. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But I get the feeling CM Punk, CM Punk, Bill Brooks, as it were, now views himself as above AEW, so he won't be talking to them. I'll go talk to someone yes. else. To, to peek behind the curtain, just to have this side conversation real quick, because I don't like to go into the, the rumors and all the bullshit, right? Yeah. However... We were at All Out. Mm-hmm. CM Punk raises the championship. Yep. MJF says, I'm coming for the championship. Before Punk really got into all of his bullshit, it's him and Tony Khan, and they're sitting there like, oh, can you not wait for all the money we're going to make? Because this is going to be the best storyline of the winter or whatever you want to call it. The end of the year, we're going to kill it. And in a month's time... Tony Khan is now saying, hey, Colt Cabana, let's give a fuck you to CM Punk. We're going to put you on TV. So I just don't get, 
Because again, the fight was between the Young Bucks and CM Punk. Tony Khan has said plenty of times, hey, I think it's good sometimes when not everyone gets along backstage because that makes for better television. Yeah. So what? I, oh, I, I, I gotta what, know. I think what, C, what CM Punk's, where CM Punk went wrong here, and again, we, actually this might be answering somebody who commented on our YouTube. I don't know if you saw that where I said, if somebody's telling you CM Punk was in the right here, ask them to show you their tattoos because they mm-hmm. probably have weird tattoos. Ten times mm-hmm. out of nine, I said. Mm-hmm. And this person said, I get no tattoos, and I'm waiting for you to tell me what CM Punk did wrong. 100% right. What CM Punk did wrong here to be fired is he was publicly airing his grievances with profanity about employees of the company and degrading the decisions made of the CEO while he was sitting next to the motherfucker. That gets you fired in every fucking job. In every fucking job that gets you fired. So what did CM Punk do wrong? That. You can say he was right in what he said, but fuck all that subjective. <laughs> like, what he did was an assholeish dickhead move. You can say, Hangman did a dickhead move by calling him out on a, on a promo. Those two things aren't fucking equal, right? Like, that's not, that one is a belligerent asshole, and one guy's taking a pot shot in a fucking game where they do that towards each other. Mm-hmm. So that's what he fucking did wrong. And that's where Tony Khan was probably like, hey, Jesus, man. You know what I mean? Like you're, like we said, you're shit-talking the hiring decisions of, of who's running the fucking company here. I fucking hired those people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like I fucking hired you. Like, I signed your fucking check, too, which I don't want to do anymore now because of the way you fucking talked about me. So I guess then do you think – Tony Khan put on a poker face sitting next to CM Punk. Oh yeah. During that press. Oh conference. yeah. We can, because we can watch that back and I'll find the moments where he'll say something. You can kind of see Tony Khan be like, F-, you know what I mean? Like again, I think in the moment, Tony Khan's also got a bit of a shock. You know, yeah. when you go into that kind of like, just fucking get through this. Just fucking, yeah. you're like, I don't fucking what is going on. And you just kind of go into your corporate speak. So like, but you can tell he was uncomfortable as all get out several times. When CM Punk would start to, and then CM Punk's cutting him off again, that also gets you fired. If you're cutting off your CEO at a press conference, Titus O'Neil wasn't seen for years because he grabbed Vince so he didn't get run into by somebody. <laughs> like, well, that's a just, psychopath. I mean, yes, I know, but yeah. Vince is a psychopath, but I mean, that's yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Like, you don't. Yeah, you don't go out there and just start F-bombing a fucking press conference sitting next to the CEO and then saying the people that he hired to be his high-ranking executives are fucking children and you're fucking just shoving crumbs all over. Like, the utmost of unprofessionalism displayed I've seen of of many. I've seen high-ranking athletes go off the cuff, right? But this was up there, right? Athletes is, you know, the word I'm using here to apply. But, yeah, yeah, look, that's why... And then the thing became, after the fight, CM Punk was probably like, I want them out of here. And Tony Khan's like, I'm not fucking getting rid of, of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Like, that's not fucking happening. And who knows? They're probably over there saying the same shit, too. And it was probably like, well, hey, listen, I overpay this guy for the results I'm probably getting. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he probably makes money off CM Punk, but he also probably like, the risk versus reward at this point versus those guys and everything. It's probably mm-hmm. just like, hey, listen, go do it somewhere else then. I guess, yeah, I guess th- throughout the entire thing, the tweets that I would see from people I like that follow the 
journalist. Yeah. It was always this beef between the elite and CM Punk. And I always thought, yes, to your point, what he did was unprofessional. But I thought Tony Khan was more like, God damn it. But like he sold that. Because if you recall, go back a couple press conferences ago at whatever that pay-per-view was. But when Tony Khan slamming his hand on the t- table saying, CM Punk makes us the most money. CM Punk is the this. and Like I thought that's still in his head. And it in this move here, Colt Cabana is a direct breaking kayfabe middle yeah. finger to CM Punk. So, so I just wonder where it, that relationship between those two went sour. And maybe we also don't know what we gathered from the press conference, the scrum, CM Punk discussed ongoing legal issues he had. And he started dragging Scott Colton about things about like sharing a bank account with his mother, which may be for several innocuous reasons, but yeah. Um, it sounds like, remember he's like, I've got all the emails. It sounds like CM Punk is toxic. Phil Brooks is toxic, which we've all kind of understood. And maybe when then having to deal with him in a legal issue, following that, you start kind of pulling up those, those rose colored glasses off. Be like, I don't give a fuck that he makes us the most money. I don't want to have to fucking babysit this guy. And yeah. then when you start displaying that back and CM Punk starts feeling like he's losing a power struggle, this is what people like CM Punk do with this kind of mm-hmm. approach to interactions with other humans is it's about I'm on top. I have the fucking the hand here. And then at some point, Tony Khan's like, oh, no, no, no. Right. I'm a then it becomes like I'm I the guy. Here. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe what I happened. could pay just... you out right now with my fuck with a check of my personal right. money. So shut the fuck but up. But you understand what I'm saying is it, it just it was it was very shocking. Yeah. The oh, it was timing. A oh, it was a very quick turnaround. Cabana. Yeah. But, and and with one the Cole thing, it was probably that. It was probably like now after I've dealt with all these contracts and I, re- I realized what everybody's saying, he was an asshole and everybody was trying to tell me they didn't want you. That Eddie Kingston promo is very clearly now like that also, well, that's also what CM Punk was talking about. Like that also was like somebody going off script or saying something he didn't expect mm-hmm. and he didn't like. And what's and, he gonna do to Eddie Kingston? Though? Right. Fucking what's he gonna nothing. do to Eddie Kingston? Right. So it just, it's just that. I think, I think the the shine wore off of CM Punk after all of this. Right. Like Tony Khan probably mm-hmm. tried to make it work. Probably thought like, no, no, this isn't that bad. And then, and then switch, as everything the unfolded, it was probably like. God damn, Put the switch right. and said, what am I going to do? Maybe you're right. What yeah. would I do? Like, what would I do? The other option is get rid of the young bucks, get rid of Kenny Omega, get rid get of, rid of the whole locker, get rid of locker Hangman, room. Yeah. Which has been get rid the of the identity. whole locker room for yeah, CM Punk. Yeah. For CM yeah. Punk who might then turn around in a year and be like, fuck these people you brought in. They don't fucking blow me when I come out here too. So it's like, all right, well, yeah. sorry, Phil, you got to go. So in this match, Chris Jericho gets the victory. It was fine. There all the fun stuff happened. Uh, and then, as mentioned, post-match, JAS takes out uh, Ian, whatever his name is. Farts and, in his mouth. Yeah, Ian farts in his mouth. And, again, the Blackpool Combat Club go out to save him. I also didn't like the one-by-one nature. Again, it was like, what? I get we're trying to make a pop for everybody. I see what you're trying to do here. But, again, it just if if I'm watching a story that I'm supposed to believe is real. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Why? Why were you all sporadically placed about again? I mean, I guess it could well, be what I said earlier, right? One was in catering, one was taking a shit, one was fucking. 
you know or maybe I mean? one was like, hey, I've got this. You guys hang back. Okay. Well, fuck. He doesn't have he it. He doesn't care. All right. We yeah. Yeah. So maybe there's, there's plausible reasons, but yeah, I just, but still, I, I can't, but I get what was bothering me was like, so Cesaro comes out and I'm like, God damn it. Here we go. We made a, I made YouTube videos this last week about, are we finally done? JAS versus Blackpool Combat Club. And no, we're not because one by one, one by one, here they come. And then we're going to do it some more. Well, if I'm peeking behind the curtain, I think the reason why is the decision has been made by whoever it is. Apparently, fucking Chris Jericho, because apparently he has got that pull at AEW, that at the pay-per-view December 10th, it's going to be Chris Jericho versus Claudio in a rematch for the world championship, which then I think will lead to who the fuck is really going to beat Jericho for this championship? Very similar to when Kenny Omega took on Christian at All Out two years ago, and it brought out Adam Cole and it brought out Brian Danielson, and you forget about Christian in about four seconds. So I think that's what we're doing. I hope. Gotcha. I hope we're not continuing. Match comes yeah. out. Well, Samoa Joe or whoever yeah, yeah. it is, right? Yeah. Right. Tyler uh, CM Punk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, low key, someone like that. Right. I still think it should be Adam Cole, but anyhow. Um, Bruce. No, he already beat him, didn't he? Yeah, anyhow, no, who yeah, cares? Yeah. Uh, one thing I forgot about, though, in this breakdown is there was a quick montage about the elite. Yeah. We saw the elite win the trios championship at All Out, which we were at. And then you see an editor's hand. And then apparently like a Final Cut Pro or some type of editing system. And they go to Death Triangle winning. And then they show that. And then they say Death Triangle is your trios champion. And then they erase the elite. They go back to the Death Triangle. Snapping. <laughs> yeah. And then they go to the All Elite logo, All Elite Wrestling logo. And the E goes away. And then so does the rest yeah. of the logo. So interesting. So this now sounds like it's more pointed at Death Triangle, right? I think it's more pointed at the company still, but I think their their sites are, yeah. hey, those are ours. We're still the yeah. trios so, champions. So it's a little different. I we we were somewhat worried about, hey, don't run it back. Don't don't just show me a few more videos. The added layer was the the editing, right? The uh, yes. the the video editor. Now. We'll say this. Disgust. No new hires in front of the camera for AEW. We should hire for behind the camera. We think that so much that I thought at first moment this was a legitimate fuck up. I thought we were seeing some production elements. Yeah. And then I got it when Wouldn't they went shy. back. The second thing I was like, oh, okay, I see what they're yeah. doing. Right? That's how often you guys fuck up that I thought you idiots yeah. <laughs> right? i was like what are you doing now admittedly yeah. i was kind of looking away doing some other things so i wasn't like glued in mm -hmm. watching so i if i watched it back maybe it's a little bit more obvious than i first got it but eh, yeah i mean but they discuss specifically the trios champion now if next week we do something else and it's about kenny omega but if it's directly about the trios title and, and the and i think it is yeah and i think as we I'll just shoot ahead a little bit here. Uh, well, actually, it leads us into the next match. So the next match was for the All-Atlantic Triple 
threat champion or the all Atlantic championship. It was a triple threat between Orange Cassidy, your champion, Ray Phoenix, and Luchasaurus. This was fun. This was your standard fun AEW match. Again, when AEW says we're going to our homegrown talent, we're going to focus on them. That's when I feel like I can take that, show it to someone who's a strictly a WWE fan and say, check out the dinosaur, the fast and furious cosplayer and one of the best luchadors in the world. Don't you want to see that? And they might go like, fuck yeah. Like that's when AEW's at its best is when they do matches like this. So we had all the fun spots. We also get jungle boy, Jack Perry with one of the most vicious full sprint spears to Luchasaurus going through a table, which I thought, I mean, those tables I know can probably collapse at a, you know, a strong wind, but they still break off and can <laughs> hit you in some crazy places. But jungle boy does the spear after a couple chair shots and is laughing is like, you son of a bitch, which I thought was a good touch was like, you just wasn't hurt too. He's like, you son of a bitch. I got you. Right. Then leads pot coming down with the hammer, which you talked about in the promo earlier is like, you know how you win. Use the fucking hammer. Ray Phoenix grabs a hammer. I don't need the fucking hammer. As soon as he does that, I don't fucking need the hammer. Big orange punch. Orange Cassidy gets the victory. So before we get into the post-match of this one, that leads into dissension amongst two of the Death Triangle guys. And if you go back to the Elite coming back, that's an easy story to tell, right? The Elite beat death triangle death triangle disintegrates because Pac is the real heel lucha bros are the baby faces right so we got everything set up i think if that's I the route so that i, I think, think so we're too going. and yeah that was that was good though this is consistent storytelling with the hammer thing so even if yeah. it doesn't involve the elite i liked where that was going so mm -hmm. but i think that's where it goes right is the elite finally come back and say hey we were gonna get what was truly ours is the trios championship death triangle. Probably Pac will be like, yeah, fuck you up right now. And Lucha Bros are like tonight. All right. Got, you know, and then Pac tries to cheat one of Ray Phoenix, probably stops him. Pac gets hit with a one winged angel. The elite get the championships back. Hey, we're going to take over a W like it should be death triangle. Then fights amongst themselves. That's what I think it will happen. Uh, but after this match, Orange Cassidy uh, is still your All-Atlantic champion. And apparently you get your dream shot. I never heard of this before, where the champion gets to pick his dream opponent. Okay. Hey, it's, it's a cool wrinkle. Again, I've never heard it before. I would get it, right? Hey, I'm champion. I would always love to fight that guy. But I thought in pro wrestling folklore here is champions can just name whoever they can be like. Right, I'm giving you a title shot tonight. Like they always True. have, always True. have, and always will. So I don't know. But I guess somebody was not wanting to fight for the championship. And then they were like, no, you're in this match. Maybe. I don't well, know. well, from what we got and we get Shibata walking out to make the save. Uh, Cause Pac is then beating up orange Cassidy. I think the kayfabe thinking is orange Cassidy is forcing the hand of AEW management to get the new Japan pro wrestling uh, guy, true. Shibata. It's not, all, it's not an all elite person. It's not an all elite person. It's That's anyone Shibata I want. Bread. Yeah, Shibata bread. Which, again, another fun fucking matchup. I believe it's happening next week. Or no, it's happening Friday. Orange Cassidy versus 
you know, we always talk about Minoru Suzuki being angry grandpa. His grandson is Shibata. Shibata had to stop wrestling for a period of time because he was doing legitimate headbutts to fucking people because I guess he thinks it's real. It's not. Yeah. We don't. His style is fun for the viewer. But as if I were the employer, I would always take him to the side and be like, brother, don't hurt my talent. Don't hurt my talent. And it doesn't make you any tougher when someone says, yeah, when someone says, here's my chest and you go, guess what? Fucking kicking it as hard as I can. That's not impressive. That's not. Everyone could do that now, depending on your levels of strength. It's more well, impactful. Could you do it, sure, but right, but yeah. like anyone who says it's like slap fighting. Have you seen this new bullshit yes. slap fighting? Yeah. Who the fuck cares? You're just saying here's my chin, and I'm gonna say slap you. Fuck yeah. off, slap fighting and Dana White. Fuck you. Um, hate that bitch. Uh, till Friday we're getting Shibata, with that guy. Yeah. And Have Orange Cassidy to take yeah. on. Orange Cassidy. Cassidy. This is going to be some weirdo fun, right? Yes, it'll be fun. I I think I was thinking about this with Rampage when I saw Swerve Strickland kidnap a human. We discussed how Rampage would be better if Rampage was live. Mm -hmm. But if they can't do live for whatever reasons, it's infinitely more expensive to do a live show than than a tape show and Mm -hmm. scheduling and touring and all that. But let it be the thing where people might get kidnapped. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> MFR might wind up a foot up his ass, right? Like literally, right? Like let's get something. Let's do the zany, crazy stuff to where I'd be like, hey, you gotta check out Rampage. It's only an hour, but holy shit, guy got his balls cut off or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like something crazy that kind of enhances the story. So you gotta kind of see it. I don't know. Um, and but this sure might be a hard hitting match, but I don't get that feel from. It. Right, where I'm like, ah, got to see this or I might miss something cool. I think we're going to see something cool because I've always liked the aspect of baby face, baby face. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not same styles where it's I'm going to top you by kicking you harder than, you know, you're going to kick me. It's too completely, you know, two ends sloth. Of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Sloth and then 100 percent. So that's the interesting part for me. And there's not a clear, this baby face, this is a heel. So you've got to know how that match is going to work. They're both baby faces. So we get, we actually might hear Orange Cassidy get booed. Yeah, maybe. There's people, if you saw how Shibata walked out, that crowd went crazy for him. They love him. And the best friends walked out with him and stuff. So he's amongst friends, right? The and best so, friends. The best friends. So I'm very interested to see how they work out of this kind of jam that they put yeah, themselves in. That was the in. unique thing too, was best friends. Cause I mean, that's orange Cassidy's best friends, right? But they're there with Rocky Romero and this guy, which is yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. interesting Very unique interesting. aspect. Sure. So I'm interested into it Friday night. Uh, and again, another live episode of rampage. That is how it needs to be. I like this. Here's where here's where I would do if we really want to have some fucking fun. If Shibata wants to puff his chest out and be like, oh, I'm the toughest guy in the world. Uh, Mike Tyson's on commentary. Have Mike Tyson hit him. Tyson. Then let's see how fucking tough you are, bud. Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson at 56 is still going to fuck you up. Go ask Roy Jones Jr. 
yeah that's a thing with rampage where it's like okay something might happen but i got it that's the kind of thing is you get all your celebrity guest commentators and stuff put all that on rampage mm-hmm. yeah um and then after this uh i kind of messed up my notes i apologize let's get into uh we get the backstage of swerve strickland and rick ross oh and they're celebrating because they're just living life. It's boom, boom, boom. The best. I'm the boss. Rick Ross. Yeah. Mark Henry should have been in this segment, by the way. Mark Henry should have been standing next to Rick Ross. And then they've done it like, who's who? It'd right. Been a full that circle moment been... for the Spanish announce table. For us. <laughs> for us. The best moment. But I understand why they didn't do it. But Keith Lee walks in as they're celebrating. Tony Schiavone's trying to press Swerve a little bit. I'm like, why did you do all this stuff? And he's like, man, what we'll miss me with that kind of stuff? Me and Rick Ross, we're hanging out. We love life. Then Keith Lee walks in, side eyes, kind of the whole situation. Says, so Swerve, you've been talking to Rick Ross, but I've been texting you and I've been calling you and you're not answering any of my calls. So now that we're here, let's talk about Friday. And the most interesting question I thought was, so you did all this to Billy. Who filmed it, Billy? Or who filmed it, Swerve? Who filmed you? The Rick Ross. <laughs> I mean, the way you would have thought it, maybe. And Rick so, Ross sounded like he was about to do that to Tony Schiavone if he didn't act right. I uh, know. Well, I mean, poor Tony. Uh, so I thought this is where we're going to get some fun stuff next week. As I mentioned, the, what is it? Eight man tag, whatever. Uh, I don't do math. Um, but swerving our glory, obviously having dissension. What do you think? What what happens on this eight man tag? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we're getting the breakup on Rampage, right? But we'll just get more of the thing, right? They bump into each other, or Swerve's like, "F this, I'm gonna go drink with Rick Ross," or something. Leaves the match, maybe. Yeah, I think I think the pivot is FTR acclaimed. I think they realized, hey, Swerve in our glory is more interesting against each other than together. That's ran its course. I think we're going to figure a way out of that, of them number one contenders. It's going to be open. Well, who got uh, screwed in their match to become number one contenders? FTR. FTR takes out ass boys. FTR then looks at Acclaimed and goes, let's let's get to this. And then I'm hoping we get that edge back from the Acclaimed because everyone loves FTR. Everywhere they go, they're getting the biggest cheers or you know up in the top three biggest cheers of the night. Acclaimed is too. Sure. But Acclaimed isn't going to like when they walk out and, you know, during the match they hear FTR. So well, I want Max Caster, I want Anthony Bowens to get a little more Well, here's what I know aggressive. to be true as well. Wrestling is cyclical, and what works in wrestling then can work in wrestling now, where catchphrases is always a thing, right? The crowd wants to chant. They want to be in on the thing. But nowadays, you can't run the damn NWO wolf pack where everybody's got a catchphrase and we all say it for fucking six months anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. The scissoring thing is going to die sooner than you want it to. So if we don't have something to, to move into, if your thing's going to be catchphrases and, and, and silly things, you better be thinking about the next one and throwing stuff up 1, against the wall percent. and finding something that catches fire because this will get old quick. Yeah, I agree. And I think if anyone can, it's the acclaim. They are yeah. tapped into 
Oh, the the trends of well, the today. ramps may help find something too. So I I, mean, I believe it could be there, but this to today kind of felt like we're leaning a little hard on this now. Yeah, this felt playing the hits as you said earlier. Hey, right? Oh, let's do that. Free bird. Uh, exactly, and that's where I hope FTR can get them the acclaimed back into. Hey, you bald cops or whatever they're gonna call them, right? That's what I want more from the acclaimed because the thing that wrestling I feel like has always messed up is we've got a heel that's catching fire or a heel tag team in this case, and they're catching fire. And so what we do is they organically turn babyface because we love them. Yep. But then they lose the thing yeah. that we like. Well, Becky Lynch. Babyface. Yeah. Stuff. Becky Correct. Lynch is the biggest attribute of this. The yeah. man, right? The authority yeah. can suck it, Triple H and all that. And then by the time she gets pregnant, she's just doing big clothes, big time. And we fuck that version, yeah. right? So with this, with the acclaimed, yeah, they need to be doing stuff that is, is sophomoric to the extent where they're annoying their competitors. And the competitors are like, you're dorks. It's not even cool. It is cool to the people who are like, yeah, fuck them, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. If I can give them a wet willy or whatever it is, right? Like, do those things where we're like, yeah, fuck them, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, it's what DX did with the crotch up. It was just, it was something that wasn't proper, something that maybe didn't even make sense, right? Like, they they would just do these things that would annoy the other competitors and thereby the people who were straight laced and like, like the John Cena's and that kind of thing, right? Well, John Cena's that. The- John Cena is the one who I thought did it the best before he completely sold out to the hustle loyalty. Yeah, he respect. things up. But when frequently. he was doing the rap thing, he was always like in Boston wearing the Yankees jersey. But then he did not change a thing about who he was, except for you noticed in Kansas City, he's wearing the Chiefs jersey, right? And it's subtle. It's still a jersey, right? He was still wearing the jersey, but now it's the hometown team. And with the acclaimed, one of the things that they were known for is cutting down the hometown of wherever they're at. Right. Just take that part out, cut down whoever that person is in the ring. Like you did already. And then I think we got something good. And like you said, scissoring is going to get old quicker than you want it to. So what's next. And for, again, those two, I think they'll figure it out. They'll know what it is before. I mean, look, you could keep the scissoring as like your thing, but making it your whole entire presentation has got to end soon. I, yeah. I keep scissoring as part, like instead of tagging, you guys scissor in and out of the ring. <laughs> I think that's perfect. Yeah. I think that is a perfect idea. <laughs> what was not perfect, Tim, was match number five. Uh, the AEW TBS champion, mm. Jade Cargill, in just a train wreck of a segment yeah, with. Bad. The worst wrestler on AEW's roster, worse than that, Cade Kendrick, whoever the fuck it was earlier in the night, Marina Shafir, who is bad, so bad, bad. seems like a good person. Sharkbait yeah. knows her, says she's very pleasant to be around. She's married to Roderick Strong. Nothing against her personally, but for her to take up time on the flagship show. She isn't ready for it. On top of that, we didn't know what we were doing. We had Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero 
kind of doing commentary, but then not doing commentary and Jade Cargill wrestling and then maybe going after Nyla Rose, but then still wanting to keep her undefeated streak. And then Marina Shafir just getting her ass kicked. Yeah. And then we missed the shot of one of the baddies is going to jump Nyla Rose to get the title, but Nyla Rose took her out because we missed it. And we just got that baddie looking at her head or something or looking at her hand. Just a train wreck. I hated this segment. This was one of the worst segments they've yeah, ever it was bad. I It was all very annoying. And I know like the Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero part was supposed to be annoying. Not and good. It was though. annoying in a bad way. Yeah, it was go away heat, as they say in the business. <laughs> Uh, not the like, ooh, I want to boo you, right? And the camera work was god awful. We missed everything. We didn't know where to look. No one was told what the next spot was. Apparently, it was the. If you want, if you want to know why I get so upset with AEW's television product, just watch this match. This is the definition of it, yeah. wholeheartedly. The wrestling was fine. Jade Cargill is still doing really good especially with the small experience that she has. Marina Shafir did fine. She, you know, served her part. But everything else was doo-doo feces. Now let's get into, oh, oh, Tim, we forgot. That match was right before the main event. So it was time for... The, the women. women, right? Yeah, right before right. the main right. event, right? Yeah, right before yeah. the main. We, yeah, but anyway. just like that segment, we didn't get it our timing either, because uh, we didn't plan for it. But we got to the main event: Ring of Honor World TV Title Match, uh, Champion Samoa Joe taking on Brian Cage with Prince Nana. I think that's how you say it. Nana. And, yeah, and big meaty men slapping meat. You can't sure. hate it. Yeah, big meaty men slapping meat, which was fine for what it was. I just Brian Cage doing yeah. that front flip over the top rope into Samoa. I mean, his athleticism yeah. is off the Definitely charts. Spots. It, I mean, I just again, man, this this was the main event. ROH, right? Like, I just thought I was like, I'm ready to be done with this. Ready. Everyone's done. ready to be done. Everyone, in my opinion, is ready for Wardlow and Samoa Joe to stop teaming together and fight each other. That's what we want now. I wouldn't mind if they I will just stopped say, teaming and then just didn't even. Well, I will say, Samoa Joe retains his championship. That's cool. Post match is a beatdown. All the fun stuff. Wardlow comes out. They walk away. But then Wardlow gets taken out for the second time by Powerhouse Hobbs. Mm-hmm. All right, there. Yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs dethroning Wardlow is what needs to happen. I wouldn't hate it. Wardlow's great. Powerbomb Symphony, fine. He's lost his edge. He's kind of directionalist. Powerhouse Hobbs, your heel doing that. And then the baby face coming from underneath to overcome Powerhouse Hobbs is way more interesting than just baby face just does it to everyone. So Powerhouse Hobbs, this guy right here, Needs to beat Wardlow. Yeah, because well, that's just the thing. With Wardlow doing this, the only natural progression of somebody is a Wardlow, and I just powerbomb people, and nobody can beat me in a fair fight. Well, then he needs to be getting rid of that title anyway because he would be 
heading towards a higher grade title, and we're not doing that. Well, Wardlow, I well, wouldn't think we should at least right now. You know, it would be interesting, Tim. It MJF would match wins the title, and Wardlow's fresh up to be like, now I get to put my hands on you. I get to take what yeah. you stole. You could easily do this to where Wardlow still looks good. Powerhouse Hobbs becomes your champion. You still have shenanigans with this uh, Gates of Agony people. So where you can do the Wardlow Samoa Joe, Joe mats one more time, kind of right off in the sunset, but they cost uh, Wardlow the TNT championship. Powerhouse Hobbs now is your champion, but obviously Brian, or uh, Wardlow would have beat Powerhouse if, if the Gates of Agony didn't of interfere. Of course. And then, or, or how about this? Ooh, God damn, I love when I come up with a good idea on the spot. You do a triple threat match. Brian Cage, Powerhouse Hobbs, Wardlow. That is a lot is of big, big meaty men. Meaty men fighting. And Powerhouse a Hobbs. A lot of meat getting slapped. Exactly. Then you have Powerhouse Hobbs pin Brian Cage. He's your new champion. Wardlow notices that later on in the night, MGF just beat. John Moxley, he thinks to himself, well, the last time I looked at uh, MJF, I powerbombed him 10 times and beat him. Maybe I want that. Yeah, I can do that again. Right there, Tim. Damn, I'm great. Well, and that would be great, too, because if MJF had some master plan, right, and he's got this thing that I think the least thing he's expecting is fucking this guy again. Exactly. God and that's damn it. And that's where the interesting part of his story comes is let's say he does this the right way. He beats John Moxley the right way. He doesn't use the ring. He doesn't use the firm and he overcomes John Moxley. I think after this, John Moxley gets that vacation for six weeks that he was supposed Maybe to more. get after all out. Yeah. And so he rides off into the sunset. He doesn't look any worse because he's the heart and soul of AW, So he can take this right. But then Ward or excuse me, MJF is, yeah, I did it right. Isn't this great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, now doing this right, I realize I, I can take the whole world. Who, who wants it? Like, who? Come on. And Wardlow walks out and he's like, God damn it. Wardlow's world. And then Fuck. and then you have the the like, I can't beat him. I know I can't beat this guy. Yeah, Wardlow could even be like, I'm glad to hear you're doing things the right way. You're not gonna cheat. So even in a match yep. you tried to cheat, I beat you. So now I think, like, I, I got this. So let's do this. And be like, no, no. And be like, oh, oh, you're not doing things the right way now? You're not? Yeah, and it's this inner battle to where then we get the devil. Get the devil again because babyface MJF fucking sucks. Yeah, I no mean, offense. Like, right. Look, we all love MJF and we want love to cheer MJF. But not, because like, we don't want MJF trying to be cheered. Yeah. Very hard distinction I need to make. And you're great. So I think that's what we do. That's right there. Book it. I like it. I hurt my arm. Um, so that is your AW Dynamite. God dang, that really hurt. Uh-huh. Um, funny bone? Sure. It's yeah, a torn sure. ligament, but yeah. And yeah. yeah, not so funny, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so funny because it's torn. Um, so that is your AW Dynamite, Tim. What do yeah. you think overall? I, um, B minus. Right, if I'm giving this one a ranking, solid C. Yeah, maybe you know a why? C even. You know why? You're missing Eddie Kingston. Yep. 
you're missing proper Brian Danielson. Mm. Not not to his fault, but you're missing Hangman. You're missing MJF. You miss a lot of those guys that you kind of were banking on in this episode. So it was fine. It was good. The Colt Cabana thing was probably the most talked about moment of this episode. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah. Yeah, I would say, I wouldn't say I was underwhelmed or overwhelmed. I was just very whelmed. I was content. Yeah, very whelmed. Um, Very whelmed. Speaking of, well, uh, WWE happened as well this week. And I mean, only two things stuck out to me is Sami Zayn is still amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he gets them breaking, which we had a lengthy discussion off air about. Yeah. But at some point, I don't want to watch that every week. I don't want to watch you guys losing character every week because I get it. He's funny and you weren't expecting the line, but also like he's already said words like that to the viewer. Again, if I'm the viewer, like he said, Usy and, and and that kind of thing so it wasn't that far out of left field right to me i was kind of like hey, why were you guys in buckling laughter right like so to me it was just kind of like okay i get it and same scene's great yeah i kind of like but to me i i've said this like i kind of want Sami Zayn now to unseat roman reigns like i want him to like be the mastermind pull something out of his ass jay uso was right the whole time you know, go the whole nine yards at this point. I think, yes, that is definitely a possibility. Now, to talk about the first point you made of the breaking and that being funny. It is fun when, on occasion, a talent breaks. The crowd reaction makes them laugh. In this case, another wrestler made him laugh, whatever it is. And that that's memorable. But I always bring up Jimmy Fallon on Saturday Night Live. Jimmy Fallon fucking sucked on Saturday night Mm -hmm. live. He's decent at the tonight show, but everything he did on SNL was break character. Will Ferrell would say something or have a little prop that he wasn't ready for. And he would just snicker the entire time. And that's not at the tonight show because he's great at being funny in a conversation. Yeah. Where he's not good at giggling. It's back, laugh and forth. But yeah, when we're doing a skit, he can't contain it in conversational laughter. You don't have to contain it. Right. You know what I mean? Back well, and forth. And also it doesn't take talent. Put me right. up there. I'll stand next to Sami Zayn. And when he says, Ooh, see, I'll laugh. Yeah. That's easy. Right. I thought it was funny, but it's not yeah. hard to break yeah. character. The impressive part of why you're on television is because you don't break character. What I did notice from it though, was fast forward to raw Roman Reigns shows up on raw. He's going to give a speech and you know, everybody's chanting Usi over him, right? Yeah, well, his the storyline, the reason he's there for is dumb with, with the Logan Paul thing. But um, everybody's chanting Usi over him, and he's like, you know what I mean? He kind of, he, he knows the pause, let him do it. And then he even throws in, he's like, don't worry. Like, we're working on getting him more Usi, right? Like, get get that out and then move on. What, what stuck out to me there is, We've known this, but I think we're, we're not appreciating it because it's WWE and the storyline has been running a long time and now Sami Zayn is the focus, but the transformation of Roman Reigns from coming back to remember the nursery rhyme that wasn't too long ago. That was in the course of this show mm-hmm. where Roman Reigns could barely speak without tripping over his own shoelaces. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it was just bad. And now he's in control of the whole thing, right? Like he's well, working that crowd. Great. Let's. 
let's talk a little bit about that segment before we wrap up here. So that segment on Monday Night Raw, to your point, the end when he's just talking to the camera is one of his oh, best yeah. promos he's ever done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't in a microphone. It was just to a camera because he seemed to be feeling himself. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And that's the Roman Reigns that I don't mind seeing. However, let's take a couple steps back. Miz walks out. Oh, geez. And he's like, hey, first off, he's dressed like an idiot. Yeah. He didn't wrestle immediately after this, at least yeah. to my memory. He didn't wrestle right after getting knocked out. But anyhow, he walks out looking like an idiot already contrasting like, what the fuck is this? this is an eyesore. But he says something somewhat interesting of, hey, Logan Paul can knock you out. Like Logan Paul has a, a good and right this hand. Is, this is the layers that we talked about, right? Like, hey, I brought yep. Logan Paul in. Okay. Okay. So then what the fuck and, do you want? And Miz speaks right. to that. Hey, I know that this right hand's legit. Also. Yeah, they keep selling this idea that he has steel pins in his right hand. Yeah. Also. Like that wouldn't matter. <laughs> hey, uh, I know him pretty well. I can give you information. And then we'll go into another topic after this real quick. Uh, I've got this Dexter guy. Won't you take care of that? I'll take care of Logan Paul. And it's interesting. And he's doing everything. The other thing that's annoying about this is Miz did nothing wrong. I get that he aggravated him by saying Logan could knock you out. Yeah. And so we the segment ends before, I mean, before that promo with Roman Reigns just knocking him out which then Miz wrestles later in the night against Ali and is like putting it to him. So now we have these layers of like, so Ali's not as good as Miz and Miz is obviously not good as Roman. So what's the fucking point of the whole thing? This spot was tailor-made for R-Truth. It should have been R-Truth. R-Truth comes out because he's like the truth, you know, Mm -hmm. Roman says the truth is, which is what they've been doing with R-Truth. For the last several weeks, if somebody mentions the word truth and he comes out. He comes out and he's like, I know I've been training with Logan Paul or I've seen him back here. I do. And then he's like fucking, or he's like, what about if he lands one lucky punch? And that's where he goes. Everybody keeps talking about how he might knock me the fuck out. Right. Cause nobody gives a shit if truth gets knocked out in that spot. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it makes sense. It's where he's done left and right. The whole thing with the Miz is yeah. Like it, it was just. A glimmer of hope of like, are they about to do something weird with like, now we're going to introduce another character into this Roman Reigns, Logan Paul story. But no, it was just like you said, it was a setup for a fucking one liner. Yeah. And, and, a, and Miz wrestled later that night. It wasn't as if we just never saw Miz again. So it just was stupid. It was yeah. the wrong person to do that or yeah. the wrong time. Now let's quickly talk about this Miz Dexter Loomis bullshit ass whatever the fuck real quick. Yeah, what did Gargano so, say that was Gargano Gargano said in in a spoof of 60 minutes yeah. with dramatization that's played by him where he's all these characters that Miz wants attention. So after Dexter gets fired by the WWE, mm. mind you, Miz hires Dexter to get attention and so it was all a ruse, but then now Miz stopped paying Dexter. So now Dexter's actually going after him, which is still the fucking thing that the Miz wants. So now you're just doing it for free. Yeah. It's, and that's the whole feels thing. Like you couldn't come up with something good. We talked about this. You better deliver something cool. Didn't. 
hey, what did I say when uh, this whole Triple H thing started? Oh, it's cool. Dexter captured someone and took him off. Well, right. Now we're getting to phase two. By the way. Is it that cool? Uh, by the way, make sure if you're not watching us live, check out our YouTube. YouTube.com slash Spanish Announce Tube at Spanish Announce Table Podcast. Um, we had a stop being emo video. Got a lot of uh, viewers. Got some subscribers off of it. So welcome. Uh, we had some commenters point out that none of these people are fucking emo. <laughs> now I think Katie Katie brought the term emo. It more maybe goth is a better term or whatever. But you know what? You know what tells me is that's why we don't like you emo people is because you're making this distinction. So fuck. Well, <laughs> yeah, we're doing a catch all of saying spooky. What we mean is de- nerds trying to act spooky. Yeah. <laughs> or the spooky thing of like, yeah, Bray Wyatt is Dexter Loomis is Carrie and Cross. We're just blumping you all together. Yeah. We're being mean. Right. We're yeah. being mean. Like Sorry. Shoving you into lockers. Speaking yeah. of, you, you mentioned the only other thing that stuck out to me, Bray Wyatt. So we get another Bray Wyatt coming out being, it's just me, it's just me. And now another masked somebody, but it's him, by the voice. And it's Uncle Howdy? It's your Uncle Howdy? Look, I might want a wrestling pig before I want this. What the fuck is going on? And this is not, this is what I mean. I love suspense. I love a series or a show where, what the fuck is going on? I can't tell mm-hmm. what's going on. Is this going on? Ooh, is this person really? But that's not what's happening here. It's just like, what? What do you say? <laughs> like, it's his fucking molester uncle? Like, I don't get what's going on. Here's my biggest issue with it. Again, we don't know what we don't know. So in six months, it all makes sense. The crumbles, the QR code. I'm not into all that shit. I got too much other stuff going on. Everyone's fighting for attention. So you better fucking make it count when I'm watching. That's what I'll say on the front end. On World the back series end. On. Yeah. The World <laughs> Series is on. I'm not watching some fucking. I'm not that, watching a guy who, who's got a mask where the lips don't move, but yet I can see somebody's lips. Like. Yeah. And also the World Series game had five home runs in the first five innings. The first time that's ever happened in the 118 years in baseball history. I'm going to watch that. Anyhow. This thing, the the thing I don't like, and again, I don't know the end result, so I'm maybe speaking too early, but it seems to me that he has mental issues. And in a time when WWE says you're not alone, if you're having problems, call this hotline, all this stuff. Now we're just making it a story that someone with has mental disabilities, and that's interesting. He should yes. go get help. Like, if this is real, right, we're breaking into, like, we're going to kayfabe here. Go get help, man. Stop coming into shows. Well, here's also what, and again, this may be a short-term aspect, Bray Wyatt. But twice we've gotten the, it's just me, man. This is you and me. Man, he's weird when he's talking like that. As weird as he is when he's talking in nursery rhymes or whatever, Man, I know it sounds like you're out of breath and like you, you don't know what to say and you're just like you're you're like Bailey 2.0 like oh my god I can't believe this everybody I, loved me it was like I yeah. mean he did say a thing like the thing that stuck out to me where he was like he was like I did a lot of things and and I like, hurt people and he's like I'm not gonna lie where like part of me kind of likes that I'm willing to do bad things to people 
to get what I need, right? So, I mean, there, there's maybe some sprinkles. Like you're saying, maybe six months it all comes together. But, man, I don't know if it should take that long. And I'm saying, I we don't want an immediate payoff to everything. But I, I, I need you to give yeah. me something. I can't be completely in the dark because otherwise it's just weird and I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Exactly. I, I like subtlety. We've talked about that in the past. Uh, Eddie Kingston and his continuation of one story into the other, but it's still Eddie Kingston this entire time. It's not resets or anything like that. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, obviously like that. Roman Reigns, since he came back, has been the same consistent character throughout all of these different feuds that he's had. So it's not that I need to be hit over the head. And I do like subtlety, but to your point, I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about anymore. And it, and you've done it too long. One time is fine. Hey man, is, is he okay? That was kind of weird that one week. And then we get back on track to where Bray Wyatt wants the WWE championship. There's no mission statement still. It's, yeah. Hey guys, I'm out here. <clears throat> Why go home? Go to a therapy. Like, we already clapped stop. for you. Yeah. Why are you out here a second time now? Stop, man. Yeah, it's 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 not good. Well, and just it also again. All right, if I'm if I'm watching, I, I, we know it's we know it's fake. We know pro wrestling is fake. Yep. But I am supposed to be watching it as though I'm supposed to suspend my disbelief as though I'm watching a professional fighting organization. Mm-hmm. no way in hell did you guys book as your final spot of the show bray wyatt comes out to tell us all that he's fucking happy that he's back what <laughs> like what? you can do it what? once you can do it once where hey he's back let's hear from bray wyatt like he did the first time yeah okay but you wouldn't put but that yeah, on your twice slot right? yeah, like twice it's not, it's not... you're saying that Triple H is writing down Bray Wyatt wants to say hello. Yeah. Times not, two not a world title match, not Roman reigns. Yeah. Not- <laughs> nope. Bray Wyatt is saying hat. Hey to everyone. And again, he gets interrupted by himself. The mask. That's his weird, creepy, molesting uncle, but it's him, but it's him, but it could not be, but it might not. Yeah. But it might not be. Go explain that. Do an elevator pitch on the Bray Wyatt character. Yeah, Guarantee so again, you that the, the doors open before you're so, getting done. So what I'm not being told is why I should care that Bray Wyatt talking to himself. Yep. What Bray Wyatt wants to do. Mm-hmm. Who is going to have a beef with Bray Wyatt? Yeah. Or who Bray Wyatt's going to have a beef with? None of it. I don't know why Bray Wyatt's here. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what the fuck he's wearing. So, what? What is this? Yeah, that's all I'm left with. It's, it's. I, I'd rather watch Ian Farts in his mouth get beat up by Chris Jericho. <laughs> At least mean? Chris Jericho's gonna tell you why he's doing it. He's got it. a he story. Yeah, he already honor. did. Yeah. Right? He's a his fuck Ring of Honor and everything that comes with it. So I just. Yeah, I, that's I don't know. That's all that stuck out with me. W- yeah, Chad Gable and uh, Otis did a uh, Chippendales. Yeah, they did the um, they did the Chris Farley Patrick, Patrick Swayze, Swayze routine. Yep, that was Chippendale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yep, that was and good. that's maybe too much of a dated reference for all the, the young kids, but go watch it. It's a great skit. SNL, uh, good for them. Otis and Chad Gable, more of them 
in like serious roles though. We need yeah. to have them winning matches. I'm tired of them just losing every time. Um, but yeah, yeah. they were great. That's all I that, got, man. I think we could take a break and uh for another week. Come back for episode four hundred eight unless you got anything else. No? All right. Well then we'll just fucking get the hell out of here. Huh? The Spanish announce table.